Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the True Condos Podcast. Whether this is your first time listening or you caught every single episode, I just want to say thank you for listening. I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and I'm a realtor and I specialize in helping people to make money by investing in the Toronto condo market. This podcast is a chance for you, the listener, to hear from experts and industry insiders about what's really going on in the condo market. And we also like to find out where these insiders are putting their own money when it comes to condo investing. If you like this podcast, just go to truecondos.com and subscribe to get even more great content like this all about condo investing in Toronto. I've had a lot of people tell me that they want to leave a review for the show on iTunes, but they can't figure out how to do it. So I admit that iTunes, unfortunately, doesn't make it very easy to leave a review. But once you see how it's done, it's quite simple. So what I did is I created a short video which actually shows you exactly how to leave a review for the podcast. And you can see that video in the show notes page for this episode over at truecondos.com slash David. On that note, I'm interviewing David Feld today. David is one half of the Feld Kalia real estate law firm, which he started with his wife, Sonia Kalia, about 10 years ago. David is a serial real estate investor. He's invested in everything from condos to homes to his own office building and even a hotel, which is pretty, which is a pretty cool story, and we cover that in this interview. David's also recently getting into flipping condos via the assignment market, and we talk about that as part of his personal investment strategy as well. So for all the show notes on this episode, just head on over to truecondos.com slash David. And now, without any more delay, here's my interview with David Feld. So thanks for being here today with us, David. Appreciate your time. Why don't you start by just telling, telling us a little bit about who you are and how you got into real estate? Thanks. Um, about uh, 15 years ago, I, uh, my mom was buying and selling lots of property in Barrie and in, at ba- in the Bayview and John area. And instead of being a bad kid, I, I was uh, 16 years old and I got in the car and I started driving to all the properties and managing them for her collecting rent, um, dealing with some small cleaning and fixing up of stuff, and uh, I kind of loved it. I started growing a passion for real estate pretty much right away, um, and that love just kept growing and growing and growing, and I, I was actually going to be a doctor. I went for neuroscience at U of T really? and uh, graduated with uh, high marks, and uh, but it wasn't, I didn't feel the magic there. I still love science, by the way, and uh, very obsessed with it, actually. Um, but I use that to my advantage. I understand how people think, how the brain works, and all that stuff. And uh, I went to law school. I luckily did really well in my, on the LSATs, and that sort of gave me the idea that maybe I should be a lawyer. Okay. And uh, so I, I went to law school, and uh, I left, and actually, my first job was doing insurance defense uh, for a big law firm on Bay Street. Okay. And slowly that was eating away at my life. I was not enjoying it. I did not enjoy being a lawyer. I thought I made the wrong choice. Um, I didn't enjoy any of it, actually. Not the big firm mentality and not insurance defense or any of that. 
So at one point it got, it was so crazy that I was like, I can't do this anymore and I don't know what to do. And uh, I sat back and I thought, why not do real estate? That's what I love. That's what I know. And that's what I could take off with. Right. And so at the same time you were struggling through this, your first law job that you hated, you were also doing real estate on the side? Um, I was or? managing the properties for my mom. Okay. And I hadn't, I didn't have any money yet to buy any properties or anything like that. Okay. So that's all. But I was... But you just had a love for real estate. Always. Yeah. Through it. Okay. Yeah. So then um, I, got, I remember I got this big blue book all about real estate and I started re- reading it over and over again. And I realized this is it. I'm going to just take this plunge. And I went to my firm... Um, head partner there and said, you know what, I'm not going to be, I'm leaving soon. I'm, uh, you let me know what you need and I'll, I'll leave on, on friendly terms. And, and I left. Okay. And then for six months, I didn't do anything. I just read about real estate. I was getting a feel for it. Luckily, my wife, Sonia, was uh, doing well as a lawyer as well on Bay Street. So I, could, I had the luxury of a little bit of time, not much before we ran out, but a little bit of time. I, I always had a, a taste for the finer things even as a young kid so I knew you know I had about six months before I start I better start bringing in some money right um so I started the firm on this little blue book and luckily I surrounded myself with good people right away and I was able to hit the ground running and so we started the firm um about 10 years ago now and uh and since the day we opened we've been very busy uh getting exponentially busier all the time and because of that I'm lucky in that I get to do a huge volume of closings. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a lot of experience in 10 years, in more than other people would have in 30 years. Right. Because I talk to lawyers who have been doing this for 30 years all the time. Yeah. And uh, the, the volume that we do is so high. And so I'm giving advice to, to lawyers all the time who've done, been doing this for 30 years. Right. So let's talk about that. Um, I've been through a lot of real estate lawyers. I've, I've worked with a lot of them, obviously, over the years as, as a real estate agent, many transactions. You know, you, you meet a lot of lawyers. And, you know, I guess like any profession, there's, you know, there's good ones and there's bad ones. But um, what would you say, specifically talking about real estate law, like what is wrong with most real estate law firms or most real estate lawyers out there? And what makes your company, Feldcalia, different or special or unique? Communication. I think that in order to... A a real estate transaction is very complex um, from a legal perspective. And there's a lot of players involved and a lot of information that needs to go to different people in a very timely manner. And so it's communication. You need to be able to communicate very well with your client, with the realtors involved, with the bank involved, with the other lawyer involved, with the tax department when necessary. That's just five parties that roll off the tip of my tongue, but it's a lot and you need to plan. You need to know when the closing date is and plan accordingly. And sometimes you need to prod. If one of the parties is not giving you the information you need in order to complete the transaction, you shouldn't take a reactive approach and wait for it to come. You have to be proactive and get that information because when issues arise and they do arise in all closings, um, if you catch them early, you can fix them with no whiff of anything going wrong. And the client benefits. What's that? And the client ultimately benefits. And the client benefits, right? And if you're leaving things to the last second, which a lot of law firms that we deal with do, and and I'm calling them up last minute asking for documents, and 
I mean, just yesterday, I reminded a client, a, a lawyer, that he didn't close something on Friday with us, and he has to close it today, and he still had no sense of urgency and didn't even realize that the file was closing. Like, we're and then to take it to the next level, passion. You should have passion for what you do. You should come to work every day and love what you do and love your clients. And, and then naturally, things will, magic will happen, right? Yeah. With us, everyone in my, in my team is passionate about what we do. And so we come to work smiling. We may not always leave smiling, but we come to work <laughs> smiling. And uh, we, we, we know what we have to do and we get it done. And, 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 and then finally, organization. You need to be organized in real estate. Again, there's so many details. You need to be organized. You need to know what you have and what you don't have. And again, get what you don't have. Now, a lot of condo investors or people thinking about investing in condos listening uh, to this podcast right now, how does your firm, how do you specifically help and work with condo investors? So as an investor myself, I, I saw that there's something missing from lawyers in Toronto, which is they're, they're just sort of talking, but they're not explaining about the tax consequences that might occur, especially with new construction um, and different things like that. So what we do uh, for our clients who are investors is we prepare um, some rough numbers for all of them now. And I personally, uh, on the phone, take every client through the whole agreement of purchase and sale. I'm, t I'm speaking specifically about new construction right now because yeah. investors tend to buy those. Sure. Um, and I explain to them the different avenues. One is they could live there. Another is they could rent it out. And a third is they could assign the property. I take them through all three veins. So that the, and I show them the number consequences of each of those. Mm -hmm. So at the end of a call with me, which is around 45 minutes, um, every client says, thank you so much for explaining the different ways we can do this. And, and, and they have a good understanding of how much to budget for their closing today. On, during the 10-day cooling off period, not two years down the road when it, right. the thing is built. Mm -hmm. I have so many clients call me up and say, my lawyer told me to bring in another 24000 today to close. And I have no idea why. And they barely explain to me why in the meeting. And then they hire me after the closing to take them through all the paperwork that their lawyer already took them for, through, that they already paid their lawyer for, right. to just explain to them what to do. And in many times we find a rebate for them that they that their lawyer didn't even tell them about, and we get it for them. That's right. that's like another side business we have. I didn't even tell you that. <laughs> that's right, HSP <clears throat> rebates. Yeah, and we have another podcast uh, about that. Uh, for anybody who's listening, you want to learn about HST rebates, um, check for that one. So another business that you have, I think people might be interested in, especially real estate investors, is your hotel business. So you actually own a hotel, boutique hotel downtown Toronto. So tell us about that hotel. Where is it? What is it? How did you get into that business, um, and what's it like owning a hotel? It's uh, kind of cool owning a hotel. Um, we have a hotel at 556 Sherbourne, which is uh, on Isabella Street. It's called Isabella Hotel. It's just uh, south of Bloor. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been quite an adventure buying basically a, a torn, a rip-torn-down place that was pretty what? much flooded when we so bought it. So why did you buy it? Uh, about... Seven years ago. Seven years ago, okay. Um, and it was in really rough shape, so you've renovated it all. Oh, renovated it all. We've already done a second renovation. And uh, and you know what? Uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and money went into it. And uh, I think that if you put any all of that into anything, you know, they say if, if you build it, they will come, which I've always thought is such a profound thing, and it's so true. 
people show up and they love it. And uh, we learn. It's been a great learning experience for us. We're actually thinking of getting into another hotel soon. Wow. Um, like a similar boutique downtown hotel or something, something a little different? bigger. We might go double the size. This one's 42 rooms. Maybe we'll go into the 80 to 100 rooms next um, because we've learned a lot here and we'd like to apply that learning to the next project. What's the long-term play with the hotel? I mean, I guess it's different for every property, but are you, you just, you, you, you enjoy the income and, until the, until the, the real estate it's sitting on is worth a lot and then you sell the land or you, you just, what's the, what's the game? So when you buy the hotel, you don't know, right? It could be that you'll hold it until the value of the property goes up or you'll look at the numbers and if they're nice, you could just sit and retire with that passive income coming in. It's not so passive, you're always working, but passive income. Um, in our case, luckily, we are getting major offers on the hotel all the time now. Uh, in, in and it's getting close to the numbers we would like. So I think what we'll do is we will sell soon and use that money just to buy another hotel and do the same thing again. Um, and it's a big risk. You're, you're putting out huge money to buy the property and you're hoping things will work uh, and you, you don't know if the area will work. You don't know. You have to deal with the city. It's not fun dealing with them for little permits and things like that. But yeah, I think I always look at land value for everything I do. Even my office here, for instance, I bought it. I don't even know other lawyers who buy properties. All the lawyers I speak to, yeah. they rent their offices. Right. And when I told some lawyers that I'm buying this office, they thought I was crazy. Right. But I think you should think about that. You should, if you have the money, buy your property. It'll go up in value while you're making your money. And same with the hotel. So that goes back to your, like you said, your original passion was real estate. So you started the, this law firm, but you're your underlying passion was real estate itself, so you that in, affected why you bought the property as opposed to re- leasing a place like every other lawyer. And now you've got a great corner property that's gone up a lot in value. Yeah. Um, and you can do the same thing, I guess, with this, eventually sell it and then move into, you know, buy something else that's bigger. Somewhere. Exactly. And that's what we're doing. And we're actually looking to buy a second office now for, our hotel, for, uh, for the office. Wow. Um, let's talk about assignments a little bit. I know that you, you've helped a lot of um, buyers and sellers on assignments, condo assignments. It's, it's a growing part of the Toronto condo market. Um, maybe for somebody who has no idea, let's just get the definition. Like, What is an assignment exactly? Sure. So uh, an assignment is when you buy a property that's unbuilt from a person who bought it from a builder. So it's very simple. You're stepping into the shoes of the original purchaser who bought from a builder. Okay. Now, an agreement from, between a builder and a person is around 45 pages long, so it's a big shoes to fill when you step into these shoes, right? right. So part of what we do here is in the first moments when you do sign these agreements, we review everything in detail with the client. We highlight the original agreement. We highlight something called the assignment agreement. And then we prepare a bunch of numbers for the client and we take you through the whole thing. So at the end of a conversation with us on an assignment, you will understand what it what an assignment is, how it works from beginning to end, and all the numbers numbers and how they play together. Mm-hmm. The thing is there are a lot of different parties involved. I just mentioned earlier how many parties there were for just a normal transaction. Right. But add to the mix now another lawyer. There's a three there are three lawyers involved. And dealing with a builder or dealing with uh, Builders, lawyers is quite a, an interesting uh, event all in itself. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So why do you think there, there's a, a lot of real estate lawyers that I've dealt with and, and I've talked to over the years, they don't understand condo assignments or they really have a hard time with them or they really uh, discourage their clients from doing assignments, selling or buying assignments, just generally making it quite difficult, making it seem like it's a very difficult thing to do. What's your take on, on assignments in general? Uh, it is a very difficult thing to do, but we do it. And um, it's very difficult because, again, you have so many parties involved and the numbers are flying in different directions. And it's not all nicely stated on one piece of paper. This, These have numbers all over the place that we have to sort of um, hurl in or hurdle in or I don't know the right word, heard heard, in, heard in, uh, into like one page that we can can do it all with, right? So just that alone, the complexity. Many lawyers don't want to do complex transactions because they're they're transactional lawyers and they like to do things quickly and and, and get them done, right? Um, it involves more legal work. It involves more sometimes legal research. It involves um, it's just more involved and. Uh, so some lawyers just shy away from it. I find so do many realtors shy away from it. So uh, just like I tell all clients, um, get a lawyer that does assignments for sure and get a realtor that does assignments for sure. A lot of uh, realtors will try to do an assignment and they just can't do it and they can mess up the whole thing and it can create a lot of problems. Right. Um, now you are a condo investor yourself, right? Correct. And you've you, you've invested in condos. You own different condos. So tell us about what you own or what you bought. What's your strategy with your condo investments? So I've done it all. Um, I always believe it's important if you're going to do this to get a few small units and put some tenants in, so just to get your feet wet. Start with one unit, get a tenant in, it, and see what it's like to be a landlord. First of all, you want the rent obviously, that you get from your tenant to cover for property taxes, maintenance fees, and your mortgage, at least that. Um, and then if all things being equal, if the market is going up, which we all hope it is, uh, then over the course of a bunch of years, you will pay off your mortgage and you'll be sitting on passive income. Again, the magic word passive income. The goal for all of us is to have passive income. You, you will, we will all retire one day. We will all not be able to work one day uh, too much. I can't picture you retired. I'm I will sorry. never, I won't retire until I die. <laughs> Most of us will retire. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see myself retiring, but I want to calm down a bit. Right. I want to slow down what I do in a day and I want to have sort of more control over everything. So definitely uh, good to get some tenants in there. And, and see how that goes. See what it's like to be a landlord. See how you deal with tenants. Um, and if you like it and you do it once, then everyone I know, everyone I know who's done it, who likes it, they catch the bug. It's, it's like a, a fever they have. Um, and you got to do it again, right? So you go again and it's happening again. And slowly, I mean, my idea was to get at least five that were doing that. That's what you want to aim for, I think. And then you'll know that when you retire, you'll have enough money to cover for everything. But once I did that for a while and I started loving it, I said, hey, I should try this assignment thing. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So I started doing some assignments. Mm -hmm. And I personally love doing assignments mm -hmm. because I get bored easily. And so buying property <laughs> and holding it is fun. But then I'm like waiting for what? Like for me to retire? I want the money now. I want to use it right. again now. So this has kind of been fun for me. It's like the stock market. Uh, you know, when you buy and sell and buy and sell. So that's kind of what I'm doing with real estate. And I don't recommend this to everybody. This is for someone who can take big risks. And why I say that is I sometimes buy properties to assign them. 
That's my main purpose of doing it. So I'll buy something from a builder that I think is a great price per square foot. That's your plan A. Plan A is to assign. And then I wait two years just before it's built, uh, just before it's finished being built, I look for buyers. And if if I make a nice profit, I take that money out right away. And from that, I can buy two condos and do it again, right? So I've been doing that and it's great. But just know that with every assignment, you have to complete the transaction if you can't find a buyer. So you'd be a little crazy to be buying four or five properties a year, which is what I'm doing lately, um, <laughs> knowing that if you don't find buyers for any of them, you'll have to close on all of them. Right. And when I say close on them all, there are HST rebate issues that apply to that, which I know you're talking about another time. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's great. So you're, you're a more, obviously a more experienced investor. You ha- you're now taking it to the next level in your own investment strategy and taking on some more riskier uh, riskier plays that may not be for everyone, but they're they're working well for you right now. That's right. Yeah. And I don't know what you know. I don't know what's going to happen in the near future with the condo market. So I am taking it easy. I'm not going crazy like I used to. Well, let's talk about the condo market. Uh, what is your take on the market right now? Where, where do you what do you see as what's happening? Um, from my limited perspective, just the law firm alone, the the deals are coming in by the truckload. I'll give you real numbers. I'm getting around seven to eight deals per day. And that means to me that the market is booming, right? But there's so many other variables that are coming to play, like what is my market share and things like that. So I don't know if that's enough. I, all the, uh, I'm on Facebook and a lot of my friends, as you know, are realtors and everyone is just doing incredible, everyone I know. And so, I mean, from that and just looking at the real numbers, the market is doing great. Um, I understand, and you may you can correct me if I'm wrong, that now they're saying that two-bedroom units are a better long-term investment than one-bedroom units. And I would have never thought that, but that's something I'm hearing now. And I guess it makes sense to some degree because families are moving into condos now. They want to come downtown. They, they're working downtown. They have a kid or two, and not everyone's buying houses. We're running out of houses, so they need a place to move. So two-bedrooms are becoming a big thing now. Do you own any two bedrooms or are you looking at adding some two bedroom units? What I've been doing lately is, is townhouses. Okay. So I've been trying to do townhouses, which is the best of both worlds. It's, um, it's a house, so I can call it a house. It's a piece of land. A lot of people like that. And it's bigger, so it's good. The, the risk there is the purchase prices purchase are price. much higher, yeah. much, much higher. But I'm finding a good place with townhouses now. I do not own any two-bedroom condos, but I own a bunch of one-bedroom condos because that was the advice I gave and, and used myself. Yeah. And the re- simple reason is this. If you buy cheaper places, it, you'll have more people to buy it or rent it from you. Exactly. It's that simple. Yeah. The higher the number goes, you're limiting your, your, the, the kind of people that, that could buy or rent from you. That's great advice. Um, now just a final question. Is there one question that no one ever asks you about, about yourself or your business or the condo market that you, that you wish someone would ask you about? Hmm. That's a good one. I, I just always want to get across my passion for my clients and and the law and, and systems. We, my wife and I, and the whole team here, we, like I eat, breathe and sleep real estate and I, I can't seem to, I don't know how to get that across to people. Like I get so angry if someone wouldn't use our firm or something like that, but I can't do anything about it. Right. And I just want everyone to know that we really care and we really, you know, we have a lot of experience because of the high volume that we do. And so any potential issues that could happen, we usually fix them well before, um, 
they would ever pop up actually. Um, that's one thing. And also, I mean, just personally, I am obsessed, as you know, with efficiency and systems and, and ways of making communication better between us and all the parties. And it's just something I wish I could share with the world and yell it off the, the rooftops, but it's not something I do because as lawyers, believe it or not, we're not supposed to be, I know this, everyone will laugh, but you're not supposed to show yourself as an arrogant prick. <laughs> um, you're supposed to be modest and you're not supposed to, you're not even allowed to say, just like you guys have actually, you're not allowed to say we're number one and things like that. Um, and lawyers especially have rules about that. But I just wish we could, we could, we could yell it off the tops of mountains and things like that. Well, I think this podcast will go a long way to getting the message out there. And uh, I think I can definitely vouch for your firm and how awesome you guys are and how the certain level of service you guys provide is just unmatched in, in Toronto as far as I'm concerned. And, well, I'm just, not just me. There's a, a lot. You're, you're, the list of top real estate agents in the city that are using you guys is just growing by the day. I love it. Thank you very much. If people want to, uh, people want to get a hold of you, David. What's the best way to find you online? So we're very digital. Um, you can just go to our website www.wearelaw.ca. Uh, from there, you can just click and uh, and talk to us right from the website. If you want to email us directly, it's just info at wearelaw.ca, and uh, you'll you'll hit us right away. We endeavor to respond to emails. You know, usually within five minutes, get everything going for you. Uh, or you can call me if you like. Uh, I don't know. Should I give out my number? If you want to, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. if you want to call our office anytime, 416-203-6347. And you can ask to speak to anyone. We'll all help you. Or you can ask to speak directly to me, David. And, uh, you know, we'll be glad to help out. It's great. Thank you very much for your time, David. And hopefully we can have you again on the show soon. Definitely. Thank you. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with David Feld. As a condo investor, you need to have a team of professionals, a realtor, a lawyer, mortgage broker, accountant, property manager if necessary, um, etc., who are not just good at what they do, but they also understand the game, understand condo investing. So the first question that I ask any new professional that I'm thinking of working with is, are you a condo investor and what have you bought? So David has been obsessed with real estate investing since he was a kid, helping his mom with her properties, as you heard in this interview. And when you work with somebody like David on a transaction, as a condo investor, you get the added benefit of having someone on your team that has decades of experience doing exactly the thing that you are trying to do, and that is to make money in real estate. So I'm probably going to have David on the podcast again soon. So if you have any specific questions that you want to ask or you want me to ask David, um, uh, then just leave leave a comment on the show notes, which once again, you can find over at truecondos.com slash David. All right, that's enough for me for today. If you like the show, please go to iTunes on your computer and leave me a review. Um, and once again, if you're having trouble figuring out how to do that, just go to the show notes, truecondos.com slash David, and you can watch a little video tutorial there that I made that shows you exactly how to leave a review on iTunes. All right. Thanks for listening. And until next time, bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.